You pressed play on this podcast with the click of curiosity. It is another dimension, a dimension of mind, a dimension where nothing is sacred and everything is explainable. You're streaming into a land of both inside and outside of things and ideas. You've just crossed over into the midside. Welcome to the midside where we thought San Francisco's had San Francisco's. San Franciscans is like the worst name for people from a city. San Franciscans. Like, who who came up with that? Well, anyway, we thought that they had sex in homo taxis, not robo taxis. I'm your host, Justin Emblesneski, the hopeful bromantic, and I retroactively and proact- blah, 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 proactively denounce anything anyone has ever said and ever will say on this show. I promise I will start speaking better. I think perhaps the issue is I'm not that excited about this episode. Honestly, I mean, farcical things happened, but I don't know how much there is to say about a lot of this farce. I mean, we're going to talk about the the unsealing of documents with the six year old boy who shot a teacher. I don't know how much there is to say there, but that is something I want to mention. Uh, There's some other race stuff this week. Uh, Walgreens, apparently, uh, is the epicenter of farce this week. I don't don't know why that is. We're kind of going to investigate that a little bit. But, you know, last week we had a lot of farce this week. Not so much. So let's see what happens. You guys are in as much of a journey as I am. And it's going to be even more interesting because of where my co-host is. Joining me this trip from Sin City. And I believe they've changed their tagline for Sin City. Identifying as a woman to forgo his white male gay privilege, William Green. Hello, hello. Yes, this is a live report from DEF CON, the... Uh, premier hacker conference that happens every year in Vegas. Uh, it's been a fun week. Uh, uh, you know, they have Black Hat uh, as the big commercial uh, hacker conference, security conference. I was at B Sides Las Vegas, and now I'm at DefCon. And a um, couple, a uh, couple of cool stories. Uh, first, uh, I'm staying in the Venetian, and so my window opens to that giant ball, the, the giant ball with the eye on it. You know, and the different projections. So I've been entertained all night long. Uh, by the random uh, stuff they're putting on this giant dome, uh, uh, projecting different things with the giant LEDs. Uh, oh, you're talking this, about the giant arena that Madison Square Garden built. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. just like right here, and it's uh, it's just uh, easily visible. Uh, the other thing I know I mentioned during pre-show, uh, I saw somebody got triggered uh, and reported to the to the DefCon people on Twitter that was "Let's go Brandon" stickers. And uh, just a little background: there's uh, tables and tables of stickers. People trade stickers at DefCon. It's just a thing. Um, and there's tons of the, everything from mild to completely offensive and inappropriate stickers on there. But apparently, the Let's Go Brandon one was uh, was the most triggering. Not you know, not the map uh, stickers or Nambla stickers or uh, all the other politically offensive uh, stickers. The one that was triggering and and uh, should have triggered an investigation was the let's go branded sticker. Wait, they wanted an investigation trigger. That was the input. That was the implication. Cause they, they tagged the DEF CON Twitter handle and saying they wanted to have a conversation about it. So that, that was my implication, but maybe they just wanted to talk to the person who put the let's go branded sticker there. I mean, they certainly didn't want to punch them, right? So they didn't want an investigation over minor attracted person stickers, but they wanted <laughs> one over saying, yeah. 
yeah. saying fuck you to the Let's president, which is it saying fuck you to the president like an American tradition? I, I, you know, you, there's a, that's, it's part of an overall trend that I've noticed at, uh, at, at the last couple of years at DEF CON is it's getting less punk, if you know what I mean, right? It's yeah. less about fuck the establishment and more about we are the establishment. And, well, that's uh, punk in general, right? I mean, we've talked about yeah. that before, this idea that <laughs> punk used to be against rebelling against whatever the power structure is, and now you go to punk shows and they're like, yeah, support the power structure. And you're like, wait? And they say that's what punk is, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I'm not, you know, rejecting the power structure for the power structure's sake. You know, that, you know, there's uh, people who fall into that trap, right? But, uh, yes. but it is, it, 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 the amount of tolerance has gone down, uh, and the amount of of, of uh, uh, needing to fit in and be exactly cookie cutter has gone up. It's uh, yeah, I, I'm sure I could talk a lot more about that, but uh, I want to be safely yeah. out of Sin City before I do. Yeah, and you know the amount of tolerance has gone down, except for tolerance for pedophiles. So yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. But that's part of the overall trend. Uh, we're going to talk about some non-Las Vegas and some non-pedophilia and non-transgender. We don't have any transgender stories this week, William. As commander-in-chief, I was proud to have ended the ban on transgender Americans. Let's go, Brandon. And let's, let's go, go on to <laughs> Life on the Midside. Take a good look around. This life really you know, before I plug here, William, I was just thinking when I, I said the let's go Brandon, right? Because let's go Brandon is usually said by people who like hate Joe Biden. And I realized I, I, I don't really hate Joe Biden. Like, I don't really have much of an opinion of him. Like, I think it's kind of funny the stuff that happens because he's old. And I think it kind of yeah. should make us reflect on the fact that we vote for such old people to lead our country. But I don't like I don't think he's like a terrible human being or like an awful politician or anything. I just kind of think he's he's Joe Biden. He's just kind of there. You know what I mean? So it's interesting I, to me that I there are people that hate him. <laughs> I think that's his uh, that's his he's just an empty vessel. He's been an empty vessel yeah. for years. Yeah. He's just biding his time. All right. So if you want to support the show, as always, you can do through, do so through Patreon or Locals. Patreon is per episode. Locals is per month. That's the midside.com slash Patreon or the midside.com slash Locals. We accept any and all support up to and including, perhaps most of all, affirmations. The first thing I want to talk about this week, William, is a reality show. And I actually was kind of shocked about this and i probably shouldn't be shocked about this and, and the the reason is i'm i find it interesting william that they have the rules of the show set up to preserve social justice rather than to create more conflict and what i mean by that is this guy his name is Luke Valentine, was kicked off of Big Brother because on Big Brother After Dark, so for people who don't know, Big Brother has their edited episodes, but they also have feeds you can pay for to watch them in the house all the time. And apparently this guy said the N-word uh, in passing. And he said it in a way, and we're, we're going to play the clip in a second here. 
he he said it in a way that it wasn't like directed at anyone and it wasn't with the ER. It was sort of said in the way that people say it as like, dude or bro. And because of that, the rules of the show say he can't be on the show anymore and he gets kicked out. And I find this interesting for a couple reasons. So we're going to play the clip here. The, the clip has beeps in it. William, you didn't put those beeps in, correct? Uh, correct. I did not. It also has the cheesy uh, TikTok music, even though it wasn't. we didn't get this from TikTok. We got it from CNN. So what does that tell you about the news nowadays? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So this has him saying it, and there's a couple beeps. So you really got to pay attention. You really got to listen to what's going on here to get the context. And then at the end, the other person in the room with him, a black guy responds to him. And it's interesting what he says. And that's really what I want to talk about here. Go ahead, William. We were in the fucking room, dude. Anyways, we were in the fucking room. Yeah. I'm sorry. You're off the fucking legs. I'm sorry. It wasn't what you thought I was. I was going to call him a narwhal. I wasn't going to say that. I was going to call him a narwhal. I don't give a fuck. He got more mad about that than you. Yeah. Yeah, right. I should I should have made you feel uncomfortable real quick. Like, whoa, bro, what you just say? I don't give a f Yeah, Jesus. Well, I'm in trouble now. Well, I've been in worse trouble. We had to really play out that music there because it's so it's so awesome. So have we ended racism now that we've kicked this guy off of Big Brother? Well, did racism even exist? Because that's the thing here, <laughs> right? I I know. Okay, I get in trouble uh, for uh, for for pointing this out. But why is this such a magic word? Right? Is it the only? Is this literally the only swear word that's left now, Justin? I and think only it's, certain it, it, people it's can slow, say it. Right? I think yeah. some. I, no, no, I I don't think so. If I call you a Polak on the show, are the, are the uh, Apple podcast people going to come and, and kick our show off the air? All right, I'm done. I quit. <laughs> no, people don't even know that's a slur. But I mean, I you, know. you can't say... <laughs> can you say slurs for Asian people, for Hispanic people? Like, I don't know. What, what you're referring it, to, I, William, is it, it's power. It's power. Yeah. yeah. Why? Why? I, this is the thing I don't understand is the why. Because it gives one group power over another group. And that's what's interesting to me here. Because look at this whole dynamic. Right? Look at this whole dynamic. This guy said this, and he said this in the way that people say it to each other. And what I mean by that is, do people not go around and say the N-word with the A at the end as a way of, like, saying bro or dude? Right? Like, yes. oh, yo, he, he said this, bro. He said this N-word. Right? Now, I, I personally don't like it. Right? I I think, I don't know, let me ask you this, William. I think that, yeah, it does come from a bad place, so even making it A at the end and trying to reclaim it, I think that's a bad idea because it only perpetuates and reminds yourself of the hate that existed in the past. How do you, how do you feel about that assessment that I have? I think, I think there's something to be said there. Um, <clears throat> I, I, you know, I compare it to people saying faggot, right? There's, right. That used to be said every, all the time in the 90s. Right. Right. Uh, so, but you don't really hear it anymore. I guess you could be canceled for that. Am I yeah. allowed to say it? I don't know. 
I mean, I, well, you I, just did. I, so I, let's find out I, what I, happens. I, I, yeah. Well, my gay card was revoked. I think in 2004 or something. So uh, yeah. it may, that may be another strike against me. Right. The point is, though, this guy, Luke Valentine, I don't think he was saying it in any sort of hateful way or anything. He was saying it in sort of the way people repeat slang without thinking about it. Right. This has sort of become so pervasive that he probably just is used to saying it. And there isn't really anything behind it. It's just sort of a it's almost like a verbal tick in a way where it's just like something you say. You just get used to acting in this way. And what's interesting to me is. Did you hear what the other contestant, the the black male, said in response to him? He made fun of it, right? He was like, oh, I should probably make yeah. you feel bad about that. And then he said he didn't care. He said it much more vulgarly, right? He said, I don't give a fuck. But he didn't care. So yeah. if the immediate interaction is that the the individual who would be offended by it is not, or hurt by it is not, why should this rule be in place? And then... The backlash, the backlash, man. Why are people this upset about it? It's a magic word. It's the only thing I can think of, right? Like it's, but it's different. I think even in the times of like, are we headed Justin back to the times of uh, where, you know, you would get arrested for vulgarity. Like, are we really heading back towards that time? I mean, it wasn't there that story this week about the kid in England who called a cop a lesbian or said she looked like a lesbian. So the kid got arrested for a hate crime. Yeah. She said she looked like she, she said, and it's hard to see what the reporting actually is. Right. But uh, the reports were that she said that she looked like her lesbian Nana. And then they uh, arrested her. Yeah. For a hate crime. Hate crime. Yeah. Charges have since been dropped because you can't commit a hate crime inside of your own house. Oh, well, that's good. That's good to know. So you could you can beat your minority girlfriend or boyfriend or wife or husband or partner or whatever fucking term you want to use. And it's not a hate crime if it's inside your own house. I think this was a verbal hate crime. You cannot commit a verbal hate crime inside your own house. So when. People get in fights where they insult each other in relationships, which you know happens all the time. That can't be a hate crime. Apparently, I don't know. I don't understand it. We'll have to dig further into the story. But <laughs> the the point I'm making fun of it. The point is though that I you know I always say England is ahead of the curve here, right? It seems we are headed for that if we keep going down this road. Because what I'm supposing to you with this magic word thing, William, is that. This word is being treated because of the way it is supposed to affect a collective, not any individual. And we're no longer looking at individual responses to things. Yeah. And I think that if the true, it's the true definition of a magic word, right? Like if you say it, the demons uh, gain power or something, right? Right. You're committing a blasphemy. It's not a vulgarity. It's a blasphemy. Well, it's a curse. It's a curse word. Remember South Park did that episode? Yeah. Where yeah. they, somebody, what was it, shit, they said over and over again, and it unlocked the curse, and that was the point they were trying to make, that that's why they're called curse words, and people never realize that. And that's yeah. the thing with the, with the magical thinking. Kicking him off the show preserves the magical thinking. No one is going to consider 
the effect of the word. No one is going to consider why he used it. And no one is going to consider how to handle it going forward. So should things change or not? And what, what I'm pointing out here is the value of these shows like Big Brother and Survivor and the real world in the beginning was what happens when you put people together and put them in high pressure situations when they come from different walks of life? And what can we learn about humans and human society based on that? Here, we're not doing that anymore. And this is a, I think this is a lost opportunity for that. These discussions could have been had, but instead, what do we do? We just get rid of the guy. And like you said, that preserves the magical quality of it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah. We're giving, we're giving, it's like Adam Crowley always says, there's no better time to be a racist. I mean, think of all the power you have with this word now that other people have given it. Right. Correct. Because rather than talk about it and figure out what happened here, now anytime anyone hears it, they're going to freak out, which if someone is actually being hateful, it, the word becomes more powerful than really. Otherwise, you could look at the person and be like, why are you being hateful, man? Instead, now this guy is no different from the hateful person because it's the word, not the context and the reactions to it. It's word thinking, word thinking, which I think... Uh, doesn't Scott Adams talk about word thinking a lot? Yeah. I wonder if there's an N-word yeah. sticker over at DEF CON. I'll go, I'll go research this afternoon. <laughs> Don't get yourself kicked off the podcast. <laughs> okay, the next thing I want to talk about, and I don't know if we talked about this story before, and I don't know when the shooting originally occurred, but documents were unsealed in a case of a six-year-old boy who shot his teacher. Okay, The first thing is, William, this happened on school grounds. Right on an elementary school, uh, yeah. like it happened because this this picture says police tape outside Richneck Elementary School following the shooting on January seventh, twenty twenty three. So it happened about what eight months ago, right? We're in the eighth month, so it happened about eight months ago. What's interesting, uh, the the first thing William is, people say school shooting statistics are up, and when they say that, they think of like Columbine or Uvalde. But this would be classified as a school shooting. So I think the first thing here is just to consider, again, word thinking. This is another example of word thinking. Consider what the words mean. This is not the same thing as a Columbine. This is not the same thing as a mass shooting. However, I don't know, William. It's certainly not worse in the sense that nobody died, which is awesome that nobody died. However... It might be worse than the fact that it's more disturbing in a certain way. Do you understand what I'm saying? Mm, I think so. So this is a six-year-old who apparently, after he shot his teacher, and this is a quote from the article, later boasted in a conversation with school a school employee that I shot that bitch dead. And, you know, we're talking about... Um, Censoring magical words. Isn't it interesting that the word bitch is censored? And I don't know if it's censored by CNN yeah. or if it's censored in the unsealed redacted search warrants. Like imagine it's a search warrant. It's an official legal document and you need to document why you're searching someone's house or why you're pursuing someone as a suspect and you have to censor the evidence. Right. That's interesting to me. So yeah, a six year old saying, 
I shot that bitch dead. And then he also said, uh, I did it. I got my mom's gun last night. So, William, I'm not going to take the angle here of, you know, the parent having the gun and that's what's dangerous and everything. And that's the problem. I mean, obviously, the parent should have the gun locked up. I think we can agree with that. So there were gun safety issues here. But I don't think the gun ownership is the problem. The problem is, and and they say it later on, right? And to be clear, it, it says the, the teacher uh, was struck in the left hand and upper torso. So she was able to survive. Uh, but what they say here is, a lawyer for the child's family told CNN Tuesday, the child had extreme emotional issues. And we we're all working to see that he improves every day. And apparently... There's also saying that he suffers from a quote-unquote acute disability. And the documents also included more information about a previous incident in kindergarten where the same child apparently choked a different teacher. What I'm saying here, William, is how extreme is this that this six-year-old is acting out in such violent ways? right? And, and the document even says that Here's another thing that's disturbing. When he was choking the teacher, the teacher had a hard time getting him to stop. How could you not get a six-year-old to stop choking you? Right? I don't know. Right. That's, I mean, there are, I mean, we know there are very emotionally disturbed children. I have to ask the question, Justin, where's the father? Yeah, that is sort of the, the elephant in the room, so to speak. Right. Where where is the father yeah. to help him develop the, the self-regulation? And, you know, we don't want to psychologize and diagnose, but at, that would seem to be what would lead to something like this. Right. Having yeah. such violent outbursts and not being able to control the aggression he's feeling because this this is extreme and very extreme. The other thing to ask is. Is this representative or is this one of these things? And this is with all of the articles this week, right? All of the farce this week, right? Because we just talked about the uh, the racial slur on Big Brother. You know, we're going to talk about this Trump supporter who was killed in an FBI raid. You're going to tell us a little bit about that. Then we're going to talk about all the stuff happening at Walgreens. Is this representative or is this just a one-off that is now signal boosted because of the Internet? Yeah, I think I think it's signal boosted because of the media because it fits the school shooting narrative. But this is this is really I, I think this is more indicative of we've and we've talked about this before of the the failure uh, in our current society of handling young boys and, and, and helping them become men. Right. Yes. I and mean, that's why I kind of asked like, where's the father? Yes. Because it's like, like, Hey, statistically we're going to have, you know, we know men, uh, are their bell shaped curve for things like intelligence and self-control and things like that. They have a longer tail, right. On both sides. Right. Uh, meaning like, you know, for intelligence, there's a lot of people that are more dumb. Men are more, can be more dumb and smarter. Uh, on the bell curve than women, let's say. But we also know that... How dare you say there are only two genders? We've set up... That's right. We have the... the, We're trans... uh, Ginger and transgender. Um, But I think it comes down to as well... uh, 
there's there is some sort of societal thing that is making more of this happen right yeah i think that is that is true we know that is true so uh i don't know that it's indicative in the way the media is framing it but it's certainly indicative of a trend that we've seen in sort of not being able to handle uh boys and 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 actually be successful with uh shaping boys into men yeah and that's why your question is so well taken and it reminds me that dr uh, bradley thompson at clemson university the institute for Studied capitalism has a Substack where he wrote a series of essays on this and he actually did relate it to mass shootings at schools where he did talk about the crisis of masculinity and how the school system affects young boys worse than it affects young girls and it's it's a very interesting read uh, agree with it or not and I, I think he makes a lot of great points i'd have to go back through it to see if i agreed with it 100 percent or not but yeah it, it's a it's a valid question to ask here because it's even interesting to note that all the teachers involved were women as well and and what is what does that say and what about the school system and what does it do to a young boy when if there's a missing father figure and then he goes to school and it's all women he deals with too are we allowed to be so crass about gender nowadays? Is is that oppressive to say that young boys need adult men in their lives? Yeah, need male role models. And, and let's yeah. let's be clear. I don't think we're allowed to say that. I don't think we're allowed to say what that. What about if it's a transgender male? Yeah, that's where things get even more confusing, right? Because you know, we always talk about uh, trans exclusionary radical feminists, right? Or yeah, right. Yeah. Yes. Well, do we not say the same thing about men? Like, are we allowed to reject a female who transitioned to a male? Nobody ever stands up for them. Isn't that interesting? We stand up for the men transitioning to yeah. women, but not the women transitioning to men. Uh, and I actually want to make a point on this spectrum as well. I think, William, having no examples of healthy adult men around girls growing up is also a bad thing because how are they going to yeah. develop healthy relationships with masculinity themselves if they're not around healthy examples of it and yeah, i think that's true and this is where we get into all the issues right where we start talking about you know we were joking at the top of the show about the the, the stickers with map on it and things like that but that's where the issues come in right when you have the state mm-hmm. regulating and, and anointing certain people as safe and what kind of people are considered safe. That That's where all of this comes in. So I don't know what caused it in this boy specifically, but all of these questions I think um, are valid. And I think that's a lot. I think with the farce this week, why I won't, I'm not as excited to talk about it is usually I feel like I have answers. Do you know what I mean? William, a lot of what we talk about, we have answers, Yeah, but like, you said the magic word thing for the first story for the second bit of farce. We have uh, all these questions about what happened with this boy. And for this next one, the, the the Trump supporter being killed by the FBI. I just have a lot of questions too. And then the final stuff with the Walgreens and the shoplifting that's going on in this country. Like I, I have a lot of questions about that too. And I don't have a lot of answers and I don't know. I don't, maybe it's just being human. But I don't like when I don't have a lot of answers. So why don't you tell us about 
the the, the Trump supporter? Because this is a story you really sort of paid attention to. Yeah, I, was, I sort of watched this. I watched this story unfold. So um, here's the here's sort of the facts as we as they slowly unfolded. So uh, so apparently uh, this older gentleman was posting some very violent and uh you know i'm going to kill or not i'm going to kill but more like i i want to see so and so like whatever biden or whoever strung up and blah 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 just very uh unhinged sort of uh 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 politically violent posts okay on facebook and uh what the neighbor saw was at 6 a.m the fbi comes swooping in with a flashbang fires uh shit ton of shots i mean the reports are like uh unbelievable the number of shots uh and then killed this man uh in a in a a raid in his house in the morning um and this is right before biden comes to visit so you can kind of i guess charitably see why they would be visiting someone saying they are fantasizing about killing the president right before the president gets there but uh this brings up a ton of questions about how they could not subdue a 300 pound man who walks with a cane and takes care of his blind son, how they could not subdue him without killing it's him. Because he's white, right? And, uh, because he's white, what? right? I mean, they killed him because uh, the, the police want to kill uh, white people. I, <clears throat> yeah, it's clearly, yeah. Well, clear what it, that's clearly what it is. I'm just, before we continue, um, William, I'm just, you understand the point I'm making by saying that, right? Like, nobody will ever look at this story and say, yeah. oh, the police killed him because he was white. But if this happened to a black person, everything you're about to talk about, which is important, would be completely ignored. Yeah. Because it would be turned into all about race. Right. Yes, yes, absolutely. So around 6 a.m. Wednesday, Robertson's neighbors were awoken by the sound of the FBI standing outside of his home, demanding that he come out with his hands up. Moments later, neighbors' homes would be filled with the blasting sound of rapid gunfire as they hunkered down in the basement. It sounded like it was coming from inside the house. Um, Robertson's body was then dragged out of his home, uh, bloodied and limp. That is a news reported. Author- authorities attempted to render first aid, according to witnesses, but he died soon. Uh, uh, soon after, and they just sort of left his body out there bleeding. Uh, witnesses told Desert News that after six gunshots went off, FBI agents started screaming, shots fired, shots fired, he's got a gun. They were all shooting at the same time. At that point in time, I was getting my kid mode. The FBI was tipped off by Robertson's online threats. Uh, he began targeting the Bureau itself. Hey, FBI, are you still monitoring my social media? Checking so I can be sure to have a loaded gun handy in case you drop by again. He wrote in one now chilling post. Now, again, you you can see where this is going, right? A lot of the right wing folks were picking this up, being like, uh, sort of ignoring the the online posts, right? But <clears throat> Justin, I would I would sort of collect, uh, say, just going back to you know mental health crises, is, is this the way you should approach this situation? I mean, how many times has this happened already? Where the like. Couldn't they just wait till he was hobbling to his car with his cane before they swooped in? Like, why? Why do this when they knew they knew he had guns in his house? Why? Why try to capture him when he's in his house? This doesn't make well, any when sense. When you say mental health crisis, I, I want to point out 
that I think what you're saying shows that the crisis affects both sides. And what I mean by this, and this sort of circles back to the race point I was making earlier, it almost seems like the FBI was looking for a fight or looking to shoot him because they went into a situation that they yeah. knew yeah. was dangerous, right? They knew the guy had posted about having a gun. Apparently, Justin, they had visited him before. They had visited him before and asked him about his post. Yes. And he basically told them to fuck off. Okay. So, so they, like, there's no part of this that they didn't know what right and, and that that makes it a little bit house. deeper right just wait till he comes he's an old man just wait till he hobbles out right. on his way to church he went to church every sunday well the, like I, I just don't understand this pull his car over when he when he dri- he has to drive his car like the reports are from the neighbors he drives his car the whole like half block to church every sunday like there's perfect times to intercede but that, that's what adds to this. the mental health angle because there's something personal here when they talked to him before and then he told them to fuck off. It's like, how dare you? I'm the FBI. Why would you talk to us like this? And it's it. And what were they, what weren't, were they going to like, what are they? And this comes back to what are they trying to, right. What are they trying to get confirmation bias? Right. Like, are they, are they, were they actually fearful? Yeah. Yeah. Because like, think about this, Justin. Were they actually fearful that he That's was That's what going I'm saying. That president? I don't think they were, but they had the confirmation bias yeah. <laughs> because they didn't like the guy, and they think their job yeah. is to stop these kind of things. So they overemphasized any sort of negative interaction and used that as a rationalization to commit the act they committed. Now, this is, of course, why Trump supporters are going to say, oh, it's because he was a Trump supporter, right? They're going to say it's 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 biased. Uh, it's biased yeah. against us. But this is where I'm saying the, it, it relates to the race thing. It's about unchecked power being wielded. That is the issue here. Why with all of these stories are we saying yeah. if we're having so much of a mental health crisis and we're having this much of a power imbalance, right? Because everybody's saying the system is a problem. You know, we, we can disagree about what exactly the elements of the system are, is, but why are we not looking at these situations and going, we need to curtail some of the powers here so things like this don't happen to anyone, anyone. And I, and I go ahead. Yeah. And the last thing I know I've called him out a thousand times, but, you know, the number one advocate for uh, for against police violence, uh, Radley Balco, completely silent on this case. So uh, and I've called him out uh, many times on Twitter. Uh, he falls into this narrative of if it's police defending themselves against uh, uh, people of color. Then, uh, then it's clear police brutality and overstep and militarization of police. But uh, you know, some white grandpa says grandpa shit on Facebook, and it's somehow a direct threat to the president. So they bring out the FBI. Well, that's another thing we haven't even talked about, times. right? Like, notwithstanding anything happening to me mentally, such as a stroke or, or any sort of accident that causes brain damage. I like to believe that I am headed down a path where I won't be posting these kinds of things on Facebook. 
Like the fact that we're calling this, he's just posting grandpa shit. That's a, that's a problem in <laughs> itself with society that, you know, we've talked about social media over and over again and how it's disconnected and impersonal yeah. because you don't see the consequences in the people you're interacting with. So that, that, that's an old, an old element of its own. But yeah, what you're saying about the person talking about defending yourself versus race or not, it reminds me of South Park. Do you remember Jimbo and Ned where if they wanted to kill an animal to hunt, they just had to say, it's coming right for us, and then they would kill it? I mean, would you, you read this story and it says, oh, the, he had a gun. Like, yeah, yeah. That makes me think it's almost the same thing. Like, all cops have to do, all the police, all any enforcement agency has to do is claim the person has a gun or is threatening and then they can get away with it. That seems like a golden ticket to shoot anyone you want to shoot. And then if we put people in positions that want to kill people. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I always point this out about the way the raids are designed. They shout, knock on the door and then bust in. And I'm sorry, Justin, if I wake up and someone has just busted in the door, they are going to get shot. Do you not understand like why, why that's such a bad procedure yeah. for someone who is trained in how to defend themselves. It's the worst thing to do. And this guy was former air force. So I assume he knew how to defend himself. So I, if you're, if you, if I'm woke up in disoriented and I'm hearing banging of my door down, yeah, the gun is coming out and I'm going to shoot like this, this, this is not, I, I don't understand why they it, do things this way. Right. It's hard for me not to just go the angle of, they do it because it's a fear tactic. They do it because they want people to be afraid the government can show up at any point in their houses and to make you think that you don't actually have freedom and power in your own house. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. Yep. And that's some, that's one point that I think some of the Trump supporters are correctly making on this, on this topic. So that's pretty much everything I want to say about this. It's uh, I, I don't know why. Maybe it's an irrational fear of mine, but it's just an irrational fear of mine that some sort of miscommunication, you know, lack of communication like this will happen well, to yeah, someone I, I mean, know or I've... heaven forbid me, you know? Yes. There's, like this is this is an unwinnable situation that is yeah. completely and, and I think that completely it's a little bit right? of what Adam Carolla says where, sorry, William, you're not that important. And, and what I mean by that is he talks about people who are afraid of going outside because of getting struck by lightning. Right. Or people who are afraid of flying because they think they're going to crash. He said it with COVID. Right. Like, why do you yeah, think yeah, you're yeah. the person who's going to catch COVID? And it's sort of the same thing here. Like, yep. yeah, this guy is a random guy. And part of what makes this so tragic and awful is what were the statistical odds this was going to happen? But now that this has happened, what are the statistical odds it would happen again? Now, if it keeps happening and it, the, you know, the frequency goes up, well, then we've got a real problem and we've got deeper problems that's going on. But I don't I don't think the fear is yeah. warranted yeah. on your part. However, like when you talk to me about flying across the Pacific, like if you fly from L.A. to Sydney or L.A. to, to Tokyo, that scares the crap out of me, because if your plane goes down over water, then there's nothing you can do. However, statistically, that never happens, right? How many flights are going over the Pacific every day? But if you think about it and you just think, right, right, holy crap, all that's keeping me in the air right now is this bucket of metal that human beings put together with this liquid in it called gasoline. And if any of this breaks, 
I'm going to die and my life's going to be over. <laughs> like that's terrifying. Even though statistically it's, it's, you know, incredibly rare that it would ever happen to you. And I would say the same thing here. Like I get your fear. You're right. It, it's, rare. it's, it's scary yeah. because yep. there is no control. There is nothing you can do to control the situation because as you said, I think, I think, I think it's, it's, it's no control plus virtuous action. Yes. Okay. And let me be clear. I don't say, I don't mean this guy was uh, acting virtuously, but it, you can, because I don't know the situation. Right. But again, I, that that's a virtuous action. If someone bangs down my door, you know, the gun is coming out, right? Like that's a virtuous action on my part. That's not. And so to me, it's just like, you know, we've set up, we've, we've set the rules such that someone who acts virtuously will be murdered by the police, no matter what. Right. Because you don't know if the person knocking on your door is actually the police or not. Right. Right. Because somebody could knock on your door and go, open up FBI. Is is that actually the FBI or is that just somebody's way of yeah. breaking into your house? <laughs> yeah. Getting into the house. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So no, I get like, I get it a hundred percent where you're coming from, but like, don't post that you're going to shoot Joe Biden when he's in town, right? Like that's 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 the thing, right, man? Like, yeah, I'm, not defi- thing. I'm not defi- the thing. I'm not the I'm not the get grandpa off of Facebook, right? Get grandpa off of Facebook. Like, Let him just say that at the picnic, like he always. That's does. what I'm saying. Why can't he like, just watch the other thing? Justin, like, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say, like, I could imagine like my great uncle or someone like that saying something just as like awful, and us just laughing at him. And moving on with our life. <laughs> but because he posted on Facebook, he gets shot up in his own house. Right. You know, my parents are this age. My dad's this age. And he doesn't have Facebook. But, like, you think he doesn't watch the news and get mad? Like, he doesn't have a gun either and that I'm aware of. Right. So it, if he does have a gun, I've never been aware of it my whole life. Right. I know his company back in the day had guns because they would make uh, sheaves for the army. Right. To holsters for the ar- for the guns to put in. Yeah. Uh, put the guns in and so he would need the guns to obviously size the the equipment but as far as i know he never had one in the house he still doesn't have one in the house and he's he doesn't talk about guns he doesn't talk about posting but he still says stuff you wouldn't want to put on the internet as everyone does when they're not on the internet right so yeah what mm-hmm. what's this guy's family doing like there's just so many issues here every situation there's so much there's so many issues and we don't talk about the details of them which is why the following stuff is so interesting. As far as, William, what is going on at Walgreens? He, before we go into know. details here, I don't know. is Walgreens like bottom of the barrel CVS? And do you understand what I mean? Like, I always <clears throat> I, thought it was an alternative. Yeah, I, I, hold on. I understand. I understand what you're saying. But Justin, my experience with Walgreens has always been it's better than CVS. At least in Dale's Lawn when I lived there. Interesting. Yeah. CVS, like there were there were probably three CVSs and the whatever they call the CVS and Espanol. We had one of those and two regular CVSs. Um, and then we had one Walgreens. And the Walgreens was the nice one. Super nice. So, uh, so yeah, I was wondering the same thing because I was like, man, maybe it, it was just maybe it was uh, local bias on my part that I thought Walgreens was was the uh, the the upscale CVS. Well, I, I mean, so how is it in Florida? Is is which is the difference in Florida? I I don't go in any of these stores. I, let me just say this to begin with, okay? I, maybe it's the area I live in where there are so many alternatives, but especially yeah. now, I don't know. Let me ask you this. At the Walmarts around here, 
they have created a section in the front of the store, which is essentially a mini convenience store. And what I mean by that oh. is the value of going in a CVS or a Walgreens or a 7-Eleven is, as it says, convenience. Where you're driving and you're hungry yeah. or you couldn't eat breakfast that morning or, you know, it's, at, you know, between practice in the gym and you want to pick up a, a protein bar real quick, but you pay a premium to these stores for that, right? So you'll pay $4 for mm-hmm. a protein bar mm-hmm. rather than $2. Well, what Walmart has done now is when you go in the front of the store, they've created a little section where they have all the drinks and they have all the candy bars and snacks, and it's much cheaper because it's Walmart. So you can go in there, get that, go through self-checkout and leave. So I think they're trying to take away the market from these stores. So I have just, I, I have no problem walking the extra. I had no problem walking the extra distance before. I don't know why anyone goes to these stores to begin with. So I always sort of saw these on the same level. I saw no difference between CVS and Walgreens, which is why I was asking you. And it's interesting to me that we're having a string of events at Walgreens and not at CVS because isn't Walgreens (laughs) also the store that, is starting or is it CVS that's starting the idea of you can only walk a couple aisles and everything else is locked up. I thought that was Walgreens. Is that CVS? I think that's Walgreens as well. Right. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I've seen that at CVS too. So. Okay. Well here, here's the first story. The first story is a headline and these are local Chicago stories. Walgreens is latest chains to blast classical music to deter loiterers. It says, There's no science behind it, but Walgreens is the latest chain to blast classical music to deter people from loitering outside their stores. Only certain Walgreens locations in Chicago have the cage speakers so far, playing a short playlist including Bach and Rossini's William Tell Overture on repeat. And one of the customers said, I thought maybe their stream was stuck playing the same track over and from Halloween, something like that. Another customer said, I don't know how it does that. I think it was an interesting idea. I'd like to understand the science behind if somebody has figured it out. This is another thing, William. Like, why does every average person nowadays be like, we have to follow the science? Do you have that drop? That would be a good time for this drop. (laughs) Of course I have that drop. We have to... Like, whatever happened to just trying things? Like, we got a lot of people loitering outside of our store. I don't know. Let's play annoying music to get them to leave. Like, do we need science for that? It was like the same thing with masks, right? Like, there are these flimsy materials, and we were like, well, maybe that isn't going to work because it doesn't really block stuff. Like, it it feels good. we have to follow the science. Right? And it's sort of the same thing here, right? You could go either ways with it. On one hand, like... Maybe if we try annoying music, people will go away because they're annoyed. But on the other hand, well, why do you think playing annoying music is going to make people who are loitering leave? Aren't they loitering because they well, have nothing else to do? I, I think I, 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 I'm going to push back. I don't think it's that classical music is annoying. I think that it's annoying to the right people. Oh, yeah, completely. That was, so, a, that was a suppressed so, premise. I, yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to go yeah. into because I'm surprised this hasn't been called racist yet. Because, I mean, if they were playing like, I don't know. Who's who's hip and cool these days? Uh, uh, I don't know. What's the latest? Uh, <laughs> I'm not uh, going there. What's the, what's the latest pop song? The the uh, if they were playing WAP, if they were playing WAP on repeat, do you think uh, it would uh, get rid of the? Uh, Did you say WAP? Isn't uh, it WAP? 
Are you talking about wet ass pussy? Yeah. I don't think that's the latest anymore, man. I think that's a couple years old, but yes, point, point taken. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Are you even allowed to say that? That seems kind of like a race thing, doesn't it? Well, I would assume that she allows all races to lick her pussy, but I don't know. <laughs> I met certain races like certain types of music. That, but, but what I'm saying is, now I just sounded racist. What I'm saying by saying you know, that point did? is, I don't mean that what i mean is i'm really surprised based on what you're saying that this hasn't been called racist yet right with the idea that uh, oh, it probably has i'm sure let me google that i'm sure i'll find an article where playing classical music is racist right classical music has to be white supremacy doesn't it playing classical music to deter loiterers has to be I white supremacy yeah <laughs> yep but you get why they're trying things, right? And the, the, that's why I'm saying the trust the science thing, because one of the other stories this week was, did you see a video of in Missouri, a Walgreens employee was assaulted because she tried to stop a shoplifter. So it's like this old woman and she goes outside to try and stop a, st- uh, a shoplifter. And the shoplifter basically, it's a teenage girl, basically like punches the girl and hits her head against the, the ground. So you would understand why they want to try and do things. They want to take proactive measures. Because the other thing is, and we, we have um, we have some video here that was on social media. This video was found on The Shade Room, which is an account on Instagram. And it's about a, a grandmother. And I'm going to mention race here because race becomes involved. Right? A black Grandmother confronts a Walgreens clerk and accuses her of racism. So, did you find anything about the white supremacy angle? Oh, no, I'm still looking, but uh, we'll we'll watch the video while I'm looking. Okay. We walked into this Walgreens right here. I don't know the address, but we walked into this Walgreens. And me and my cousin were gonna come in and just get something, get some like some kind of snacker or whatever. Okay. And then this lady to the side, this lady to the so, side. So pause it for a second, uh, William. She said, "If you guys don't leave, I'm calling the cops." And then Tavia was like, "Wait, who are?" So she said, yes. uh, just something yes. you can't see because so obviously it's only audio. Did you notice, William? The kid was wearing a big backpack. Yeah, yeah. So you could. He looked like a shoplifter. <laughs> well, not because he was black. <laughs> <laughs> right. He looked like he had a giant backpack on. So you don't know what a young kid with a giant backpack is going to do. Right. Now we can discuss yeah. whether the response is warranted or not. But like if I'm working a store and a young kid with a giant backpack comes in, I'm going to be suspicious. All right. Continue. Mm-hmm. Oh. Give me a second. It started at the beginning. That is not what I wanted to do. No, I'll have to listen to the beginning. We walked into this Walgreens right here. I don't know the address. By the way, he said he doesn't know the address. Let it keep playing. The address. Don't pause it. Just let it keep playing. The address is above the door on the video. You could see the store number. (laughs) You could see the street number. Get some like some kind of snacker or whatever, okay. and then this lady to the side, 
this lady to the side. The lady to the uh, side appeared to be the pharmacist. The cops. And yeah. I was like, wait, who us? And she said, yes, you guys. So where is the lady at? So come on. She is, I think, in the back where that FedEx is. Where the FedEx is. Is your manager here? Yeah, she, she's in the back. She's right, right there. Excuse me. Yeah, her. Are you the manager? Yes, ma'am. Okay, so what's the problem? My grandson came in here to purchase something, and what did you say to him? I said he can come and purchase it right here with me, or he can leave because I've had a bunch of kids come in and steal. I wasn't assuming it was them. I just told them, you can grab your stuff and come purchase it here, or I can call the cops and you can leave. That's Wait a minute. Let me tell you something. No, that's not it. That's if they have every right to come into this store and purchase what they want without being harassed no, by don't. you. Okay. Why <laughs> would you tell them? But even that way, pause it. Bring their stuff up here right now and purchase. So it yeah, you're right. It's a private out. establishment. They Why don't have a right to go in there, right? That, that's up to the private establishment. But even then, would you say that what this woman is saying was violated? Was violated? Did the did the woman behind the counter tell them they couldn't shop and did the woman harass them? No. Uh, and I think, again, if kids come in to the store with a big backpack and they've been uh, people have been shoplifting from the store, I don't think it's unreasonable for them to say, hey, you know, especially Justin, especially to kids. Right. Right. Well, that's like, the big thing. I can, it's they're I kids. Got, I've, I've had this conversation growing up, walking into other stores. Uh, when I was a kid, this was not, this was a common conversation. Like if a bunch, like if, if a group, even if it's just two kids come in and let's be honest, especially boys, the, the clerk will say something to people or used to at least. And this was two young boys. Yeah. Yes. This is, this is the, this is the shoplifting, troublemaking, sneaking over to the porno rack age, right? This is, this is the right age for this, for this conversation to happen. When they haven't done anything to you, they have every right. If they were white kids, you wouldn't do it. They have every right to come into the store and walk around. Uh, if they were girls, I wouldn't do it. <laughs> and purchase what they want without harassment from you. Okay, ma'am. No problem. I'll you need to apologize to I them. I apologize to you guys. I'm sorry for Give me the you. number for your corporate office I because I will be reporting you. Okay. I don't know the number. You can search it up on logins.com. I'm sorry about that. Give me the number to your manager. Okay. I'll go find... Oh, uh, well... I don't know who you think you are. They have every right to come into the store. I don't know who you think you are. I don't know who you think you are. I'm an employee of Walgreens. Leave the store. I'm going to call the police. I didn't walk them. I was behind the No, he, she didn't walk. She was right there. But I didn't even grab anything. Yeah, no, that's why I was just letting you guys know. You can grab your stuff and come over. But why? Did they say anything to you? Did you see them do anything? No, ma'am. So then why are you bothering I'm, them? I'm solving. I'm fi- trying to fix the situation. There is no situation. You just said it yourself. There was no situation. You created the situation okay. actually this mother this hit this histrionic mother has created when you see the kids coming well and that's the thing kids, right just tell them, get your stuff or i'm calling the cops you have- that's the thing right <laughs> like right to call the cops on- who 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 entered race into this equation was it the clerk who by the way i think is an asian female right that's what she looks like yeah. in the video was she the one who it brought does. up race or did the woman say if if they were white you wouldn't have done this no the woman yeah. said that Right. And also what situation. And what I mean by that is the woman behind the counter says, I'm trying to fix the situation. Did she not also say earlier that we've had a lot of young kids come in here and steal? 
So yes, perhaps yeah. her manager has told her this technique and her manager has told her to do this. Right. Her manager has said, be careful of teens. Would she rather them follow them around? William, have you ever been followed in a store? I've been followed in a store by an employee. Yes. Like in a, in a yes. Walmart or a Target where you're in the electronics department and they start following you to s- because you're walking through the aisles. Like I like to walk in like the electronics and like the Funko section just to see what they have. Like look at the DVDs and look at the video games and stuff. And it hasn't happened as I've gotten older. But when I was a certain age, right, from my teens through my 20s, sometimes people would follow you. Because they didn't know if you were trying to walk weird to to get away with stealing something. This is not uncommon. And what are we teaching these boys to do in this situation? Get their grandmother to beat up other people? Yeah. Get their histrionic grandmother to come in and be all cluster B on them. They did nothing wrong. They have every right. They They did nothing wrong. She did nothing wrong. (laughs) When they get ready and purchase what they want without harassment from you. Harassment. Harassment. Asking them to come up and pay for their shit or leave. You don't need to be a manager. Well, that's a couple other things that are going on here, right? The first thing is, you know, harassment. Right, harassment. White kids Leave these alone. The only harassment we're at the end of the book now. The, the 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 only harassment here is the customer. I I would not have let yes. this conversation go on that long. I would have asked the customer to leave much earlier. Yes, I would have been. Well, I've been like, hey, here, I'll, I'll just go ahead and step outside. I will bring you the uh, contact information for the comic card. Um, here you go, because that's how you diffuse the situation. You don't well, give I, the narcissist their 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 histrionic fuel. Right, and I thought the. Um the the clerk did a, a great job not responding, right? Where she just kept saying, okay, yeah. she apologized. She didn't get upset. Her emotions didn't get involved. I thought she did a great job because it would have been really hard for me because I don't have a flight reflex and I instinctively, my body starts like pumping adrenaline, right? I, I would have had a hard time, you know, remaining that calm. Not that I'm saying I would have said something, but you would have seen the obvious signs of adrenaline, in me, which can sometimes provoke a situation further. So I thought the clerk clerk did a great job. But while Mm -hmm. we're talking about the grandmother, if a white woman did this, wouldn't this person have been called a Karen? Yes, this 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 is a Karen. We found a Karen. That's a good point. I don't think we can call her a Karen, though, because she's black. I don't think Karens are allowed to be black. I think Karens are white women. So that's That's interesting. Well, it is. That's the point I'm trying to make. (laughs) And then the other thing is, I think something that's being missed here, right? And don't get me wrong. This is partially exacerbated by when you go into a store and 80 people ask you if you need help. And like, sometimes you don't need help. But we're living in a time now where like anybody trying to interact with you in public is harassing you. Right, we've talked about this before with the idea of catcalling. You know, remember we said that catcalling does exist, but women now take, or certain women now take any men in public expressing any sort of attraction or simply appreciation for their physical appearance as catcalling and as assaults or as harassment. Yeah. Well, this is sort of the same thing here. Somebody walks into the store and they say, hey, when you're ready... Just bring your stuff over here. Think about that for a second. Isn't that all she said she said? 
hey, when you have your stuff, just bring it over here and I'll check you out. Yes, that's what she said. Yeah. Well, I well, and but she said she said the other side too. She said, she said, but if you are going to do that, then I will ask you to leave or call the cops. Right. Right. So she she said she gave it a, a conditional. Right. So isn't she just socially interacting with these young boys to let them know that other people know they exist and other people are aware yeah. of their presence in the store We're watching you. Yeah, right. exactly. Exactly. That's, that was the implication I drew from, from the way she said it. Maybe right. she could have said it better, but that's exactly the implication I drew. Right. It used to be back in the day. You could just say the first part, Hey, when you're ready, just bring your stuff over here. Right. And you'd be like, Oh, okay. You know, they're, they're here in the store. And if you're not going to do anything, and th- this is the thing, that, that's really interesting to me, William. If you're not going to do anything and somebody says that to you, like, okay. All right, all right I'm not going to do anything. And, like, if, if even when I was a kid and if somebody said the second part to me, but if you're going to steal, we'll call the cops, I would have probably replied and been like, what, do you have a lot of people stealing? Especially knowing everyone's stealing nowadays. Right? Yeah, to me, yeah. it belies a guilty conscience that someone would respond and get mad immediately. And I even, I want to put something forward to you. You say the grandmother is a narcissist. Is it possible the grandmother sent them into the store to steal? (laughs) Whoa, that would be a plot twist. (laughs) Is that just me just as a writer thinking too hard about it? Yeah, I think, I think you're right. I think you're, uh, I think you're, uh, I think it's a, it's a interesting what if, but uh, no, I don't know. I don't know. That would be funny though. The, the point being, we don't actually know her motivation, right? This could s- simply be a narcissist. This could be a narcissist who is uh, been ha- internalized this idea of, you know, the culture being against black people for so long. Or this could be uh, a guilty person deflecting. It could be any of those things. And people may say that me entering the third thing is me and, and myself being being racist. But do people not act aggressively? when they're the ones who are guilty of something and they don't want you to know that they're guilty of it. Yeah, I think you're right. So, I mean, if it were me and this happened to somebody I know, I'd just be like, just don't go to that store anymore. Like, haven't there been places where you've decided not to go anymore because something like this has happened? And you're like, well, they've lost my business. Yeah, yeah. And that's the right answer. <laughs> not harassing, not, not making a... Uh, not making a video and posting it. <laughs> right. But instead, this video gets posted and there's no context in it. Right. We don't know what's really going on with the boys and the grandmother. We don't really know what's going on with the clerk in the store. But we just post this and the clerk is accused of racism. And then a bunch of people in the comments rally behind the grandmother and say that, oh, the clerk was racist. And that's not really fair to somebody who's just trying to do her job and you know, if she is racist, maybe she does deserve a little bit of shaming online, but we don't know for a fact. We don't have anywhere near enough evidence to proclaim this woman racist. And all we have is evidence that this grandmother is sort of being over the top about it. Because final question, could the grandmother not have confronted this woman in a much more productive way? Yeah, if the goal was to change behavior there's a different way to have this conversation, but, <clears throat> but making the biggest drama is clearly the goal, right? right. That, that's why I'm so certain this is a, this is narcissism and not anything else. 
Right. The biggest drama or venting your own frustration, whatever issues you have, letting it out on another human being. This is punch a Nazi, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. It's punch a Nazi. That's true. All right. Anything else you want to say about Walgreens? Will you continue shopping at Walgreens? I will continue not shopping at Walgreens or CVS. (laughs) I pick up my prescriptions currently from CVS, I think. I think it's CVS. But uh, here in here in Vegas, the Walgreens is right outside the uh, Venetian. So I, I, I did go there and get a uh, get a uh, sugar-free monster uh, the other morning. Uh, so, like, I have already shopped it there. And then uh, this just in, um, uh, I have found lots of articles about the cancellation of classical music, all from May. Uh and talking about uh, why we don't have uh, uh, why we have uh, uh, Terrence McKnight explores racism in classical music. Nothing specifically about playing it at in front of a Walgreens, though. So, but, but classical music has been accused of white supremacy. Yeah, yeah. Here's uh, Washington's Olympia School District to axe music classes for pushing white supremacy since it played classical music. Well, there you go. There you so, go. Yeah. No wonder she wanted to punch a Nazi. They must have been playing classical music at that Walgreens that didn't let those kids shoplift. Clearly. I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying they were going to shoplift. All right. Let's move on and talk about some movies and some trailers in The Hopeful Bromantic with JML. Continue the conversation with us during the week. You can do so by joining our Discord channel. Just go to midside.com, midside.com slash podcast. Click on any episode link. And in that post, you will find the code to join the Discord. You can do things like share your thoughts on Trailer Takedown, share some farce with us, or like Midsider Edjo did this week. He gave his review of the classic movie, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, because uh, he ripped into William the Willy Wonka trailer. Do you remember that trailer with the Timothy mm-hmm. Chamelet where he gave the most un... Um, although, I will say this. His performance in that trailer was unenthusiastic and uninteresting, but then I watched the Dune trailer, the new Dune Part 2 trailer, and he's the same way in that movie. Is that just his style of acting? Maybe. I guess it, it seems widely inappropriate for uh, for Willy Wonka, though, doesn't it? Right. So then it's just bad casting where they're just pandering yeah. to the youth, right? And, and this is something we'll talk about when I, I give my review in two seconds here of the, the new Ninja Turtles movie. Um, but yeah, uh, here is Ed Joe's review of that original Willy Wonka because I was like, well, you know, I get why you didn't like the trailer, but what about the original movie? Because he said he had never seen it. He said, I give Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory a rating of no bro, as in no bro. Tell me it's not true. You waited until your mid-30s to watch this movie. It sounds like you're giving yourself a no bro, Ed Joe. Doesn't sound like you're giving the movie no bro. It sounds like you're giving yourself yeah. a no bro. Yeah. <laughs> no, no bro, Ed Joe. Change that to your Discord name. No bro, Ed Joe. 
The characters are timeless representations of common flaws that may be even more widespread in the modern world. Many of the songs are iconic. I didn't even know all of them came from this film. He was referring to uh, The Candyman and Pure Imagination. I asked him about that and he replied later. Stylistically, it was incredibly creative from the set design to the ways to set the children's sins would come back to bite them. I enjoyed that it largely had the structure of a theatrical production. Great film and can't wait to watch it with my daughter, which is old enough to know what's going on. I think that's a great review. I think pointing out that it's sort of like musical theater is a great point. I think pointing out the set design and the way it complements the character's sins or their character flaws. I didn't see it in the in the Christian sense, and he did put sins in quotes. But, you know, I saw it more as the character flaws. And it's important to note that the movie deviates from the book and books and I think or the book and I think it uh, demonstrates what Midsider Ed Joe here is talking about much better so hopefully we bring other value like that to you here in the Midside where we encourage you to see things like see movies like that and it it enriches your life and you find enjoyment in them and look I'm not going to talk William about an old movie a movie that old unless it's legitimately that good I I strive to be one of these people who just because I liked it as a kid doesn't mean I'm going to like it now. And Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory is definitely one of those as well. Um, and another one is Shawshank, right? The Shawshank Redemption, older movie that still, still holds up. All right. William, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem. This is the latest adaptation of the Turtles. It's done by Seth Rogen, Evan Goldberg, and uh, a team that worked with them. Do you remember your response to the trailer? Uh, I think I said no. And the reason that uh, frumpy April uh, aside, I wonder if uh, I, I wonder if we're going to find out if uh, the frumpy April is just a, a Seth Rogen uh, self insert. But um, uh, I think I was worried about the animation. I didn't really like it. And I think also, uh, you know, we were, the, the general concern about wokeness. So I'm interested to see uh, uh, if we were right. Well, we're sort of right. And we're right in an indirect way. So, first of all, I wanted to see Voyage of the Demeter, right? The the Dracula movie at sea that's based on a, a, a chapter from, from the novel Dracula. Right? I wanted to see that. Unfortunately, my wife isn't a big fan of horror movies and she didn't want to see this, so she wanted to see Ninja Turtles instead. Uh, we were spot on. So I will straight up tell you, I give this just a, a just no rating. Is it just no? And this is my one sentence review. Mutant Mayhem is another retelling of the Turtles origin story that this time turns them into a version of the 90s X-Men, but whose cast of characters is largely undeveloped. So they retell the origin story here. And it's, it's very similar with TCRI and the U's and everything, except here is the difference. Baxter Stockman was experimenting when he wasn't supposed to with the U's, and he had a fly that he had mutated. Well, when the FBI, or no, it's not the FBI, when TCRI comes and raids Baxter Stockman, the fly escapes and some of the U's gets out, and the U's transforms the fly into Superfly also transforms other creatures. If you ever watch the Turtles 
cartoon in the 90s and the late 80s. You know, we had the gecko and we had the manta ray and the alligator and the cockroach, all these other creatures, the frog. And it also mutated the turtles. And the turtles are raised by Splinter. Now, here's where I started to really, really, really not like it, William. The reason the turtles are trained in ninjutsu is that Splinter hates humans and is afraid of them because he tried to bring them to the surface and humans just hated them and made fun of them. So he went down underground and then he had to train them in ninjutsu in order to make it so they could protect themselves. How did he do that? Well, he found tapes of ninjutsu and learned it and trained them with it. For some reason, Splinter is still Japanese in this. Because here's the thing, right? And let me ask you this. I think that multiple interpretations of a source should be valid and should be done. However, at what point are you moving away from what that original source material was? And what I mean by that was, is, remember we talked about Superman and how people complained that Zack Snyder's Superman wasn't Superman, but to me, he didn't go against any of the source material, right? He actually was very faithful to it. Here, Splinter is supposed to be Japanese because of Oroku Saki, his owner. And he's supposed to learn ninjutsu because of that. Is he not? Yeah. And isn't, yeah. isn't he then supposed to be this worldly rat who names his turtles he was after? A yeah. Right. Renaissance yeah. artists. None of That's that is where present. they get the culture. Yeah. So they don't get any culture from an outside source then? There, yeah, well, this there's is no weird culture. Because, yeah. And that's exactly what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. So... There's no culture there, and Splinter hates humans. Then they meet the fly, Superfly, because he's trying to steal all this equipment in order to uh, hack a scheme, right? Hatch a scheme, sorry, hatch a scheme. The turtles want to be known as heroes, so everyone will accept them. So they go after the fly, and you find out he wants to do it, so he can mutate all the animals on Earth and kill all the humans, or enslave them, or whatever. Because he hates humans, too, because humans hate mutants. So do you see here that Splinter is Professor X and Superfly is Magneto? Do you see how it's the same thing? So why did we need to take the turtle story, which isn't about that, and turn it into the X-Men story? This is the wokeness you're referring to. Yeah, that's interesting and bad. Like, interesting and I like... Why make that choice? You have such good source material. Right. Well, and what what makes it even more interesting, and this is sort of what I wanted to talk to you about in regards to this movie, is the culture thing you were talking about. It's interesting you went there automatically. Because one of the things my wife pointed out is that they don't say cowabunga or dude in this movie. Now, Mondo Gecko says it because he's sort of like the skater, like bro. So he says it to Michelangelo. And I think what they're going for is the following. I think they're saying teenagers nowadays don't talk like that. And that teenagers back when the cartoon show was out talked like that. And that's why the turtle said cowbunga and dude. However, William, we never <laughs> ever said cowbunga or dude. That was only the thing that was ever part of the Ninja Turtles. Yeah, that was nothing. That 
like people would said it after the show got popular, maybe. Right. Like quoting the quoting the show. Right. That's but, how like, I that started saying the, dude. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because dude, people say dude's a California thing. Dude actually comes from like dude ranches. Right? Remember the Nickelodeon yeah. show back in the day, Hey Dude, it said on a dude ranch? Right? Yep. That's where dude came from. So it's not like Cowabunga surf culture, dude is not. The turtles put that together. So I think what they were going for is that. But I think there's a much more insidious thing here because the turtles were saying things like sus, right? They were using the lingo nowadays that kids use. And where is the line, William, between trying to follow kids and lead kids? And what I mean by that is I think Pixar generally does a good idea of walking that line where they're trying to appeal to kids based upon what their sensibilities are in modern times, but they're also trying to, in a kid's movie, show them the way the world is. Here, this felt like they were trying to just make it all pandering to the kids that exist nowadays, but that it's also interesting to me. Because are all kids nowadays saying things like sus and cap? Like, is this the way kids are are nowadays? Because this is where my head immediately (laughs) went. And tell me if I'm, I'm super crazy here. There seems to be this attempt to convince everyone in America that everyone is living an urban lifestyle. And I don't mean urban as encoding that as black. Because I want to be very clear about that. I mean an inner city lifestyle where everyone is living somewhere where the cost of living is too high. Everyone's cramped because it's dense and there's no upkeep on things. Whereas, didn't things like Ninja Turtles and Saved by the Bell appeal to the middle American kids, the middle class kids, kids growing up in small towns or kids growing up in the suburbs? I watched this movie and I thought, how could anyone in the suburbs watch this movie? Because, yeah, Ninja Turtles was set in the city, but was there a focus on darkness, on grittiness on grime on graffiti on this kind of slang on this kind of poverty as as you said it's not zendaya but the idea of making zendaya ugly like they did in spider-man like april o'neill is the love interest for leonardo and that's what she looks like in this movie there seems to be an intentional approach to making kids think the world is ugly and gross and against them yeah. Frumpy April. Is she still a reporter? So she's a, a teenager as well, which is a, another thing that another yeah, was an that interesting does change. make sense. Yeah, that, that doesn't uh, make sense. It does. Like I I could because they go to they go to high school at the end, which sets up the second movie. And if you want to hit the spoiler button. Huh? Huh? No. Hugs. Definitely not. We're in trailer trailer takedown. Hold on a second. Okay. There's walkers in the barn in Lori's area. So at, at the end of the movie, TCRI wants to defeat the turtles, so they ask for the shredder. I don't know like how they're even going to make that make sense narratively because the whole thing with the shredder is like he was the rival of Splinter's um owner, right? Oroku Saki. So there was that whole element there 
with the Foot Clan and everything. So I don't know how they're going to suddenly work in Japanese culture. They probably won't have the Foot Clan or anything. I don't know. I don't know how they're going to do any of that. The other thing that was confusing is remember Krang used to have those glasses and he was from that certain species. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the woman in charge of TCRI had those glasses. So there's a, it's just a weird remix of all, of all of that stuff because yeah, April going back to the April question you were asking. Um, I'm kind of okay with her being a teenager. I think that's the kind of change that can work in isolation because they're trying to show them connect with somebody. And I didn't mind the Leonardo thing, but yes, having her as an adult and she's the one discovering the turtles as a journalist works as well. This one, they're just on the same page where she's trying to become a journalist. So I didn't have as much trouble with her being a wannabe journalist in high school. That's the kind of change I'm okay with, but the grittiness, the griminess, the the ugliness is what's disturbing about this. So, yeah, this is a, a just no, and it, it, it's a pretty low rank. It's probably the worst Turtles thing I've seen. I think I've seen every Turtles movie, so. All right, that's a movie that came out. Let's talk about some movies that are going to come out in Triller Takedown. I usually post them in the Discord on Saturdays so you can watch them when you want. If you want to watch them all before the episode, watch them all after the episode, or maybe you alternate. You watch a trailer, we talk about it. You watch a trailer, we talk about it. Trailer Takedown. First trailer. Vacation Friends 2 is a sequel to Vacation Friends, which came out on Hulu and stars John Cena and a few other people, in which John Cena and the woman who plays his wife in the movie meet two other people on vacation and cause constant chaos in their vacation. In the first movie, they cause all the chaos, and then at the end, they find out why they were doing it, and they see that they were well-intentioned, and they actually become really good friends. And then they go on vacation this time, and there's more chaos. I actually can't even tell what the plot of this movie is. Uh, I don't even remember what they were trying to achieve, what they're worried about John Cena and his wife ruining all i know is i didn't enjoy the first one uh this is one of those movies that's all about drugs and alcohol and self-destructive behavior that i don't know i just don't find this kind of stuff funny i think at one point in the trailer there's a straw and cocaine and a butt tackle tackle this looks so awful (laughs) <laughs> what what is these streaming services making is this uh, i don't know this looks uh i i you said it doesn't make sense i think it's it, it's it's just like uh uh any sort of uh we've had this genre you pointed out before of just like drug fueled like whatever happening and it just seems like this is a thin plot just to have some drug fueled shenanigans happen it's like the hangover but for couples Tackle. Tackle. Second trailer. All Fun and Games is a horror movie starring Asia Butterfield. Butterfield? Butterfield. I don't know how to say his name. The guy who played Ender in Ender's Game. Uh, This looks like they go to play games and he has a knife. And then that causes him to get possessed by a demon. And then the games that they're playing turn deadly. I don't know. This is one of those where... Look, I appreciate you need to try and be new and innovative in horror movies. And we're never going to stop making new movies. I appreciate that. But 
for a trailer like this, it's like, did somebody really make this and think, hey, you know, this one's this one's really innovative. This one's really worth making. This is worth our time and our money and our energy. Because I look at this and this just seems like the low hanging fruit. I mean, even the name, all fun and games. You know, it's all fun and games until someone gets hurt. And then it just seems very basically made. So look, I don't think this looks like it's an incapable movie. It looks like it was capably made. It just looks like literally zero interesting about it. Tackle. Tackle. Yeah, it's a uh, it's horror Jumanji tackle. Tackle. Third trailer. El Condi is a Netflix original movie. It's black and white. It's about a military leader who seems to also be a vampire, but then he's expressing concern and guilt over the way he acts and the people who have to kill him and I guess there's a few other vampires are having concern over that as well. And I don't mean to portray it as a drama. It seems more of sort of like a black comedy. However, this is one of those movies where I really appreciate this concept. The idea of like a military slash government official as a vampire and how they've sort of illegitimately gotten their power and money, right? He wants to not be called a thief. It is is a great premise. However, my problem here is the execution. I'm not sure I would appreciate this being in black and white. And this looks like it would be really slow and tedious. So I love the concept here. And if I heard the execution was better than I'm anticipating, I would give this a chance. But it just looks like the the execution here is just terrible. Tackle. Tackle? Yeah, that's a good soundbite there. (laughs) Yeah, Dustin, I wanted to like this too, but I'm with you. I don't think I could, I don't think I could sit through the subtitles and get and and enjoy any of the black comedy elements. Yeah. But you understand what I'm saying? Like, it seems like it it would be lost on me. And so uh, while it looks interesting, it, it could be, it could end up being pretentious or it just could end up just not holding my attention. So yeah, tackle. Tackle. Fourth trailer. Heart of Stone is a Netflix original movie starring Gal Gadot. And I have the exact opposite response to the other one, where conceptually, this seems like super basic and done before. There's some sort of like MacGuffin where if somebody has it, they can control the world. I believe that was a MacGuffin that was used in one of the Fast and Furious movies which was also done in the Shia LaBeouf movie Eagle Eye, right? The idea of if you have a device. William, have you seen all the Fast and Furious movies? No. (laughs) Well, it's sort of like, I think it was in The Dark Knight, where Lucius Fox had the the Patriot Act device, I like to call it. Yeah. Right, it's the idea that oh, we're going to spy on everyone at all times, right? And if we had a device that could see into uh, everyone's phone all at once, we could be able to locate people. This has been done in several movies. I don't know if that's the exact way the mechanically the device works in Heart of Stone. However, that's sort of the MacGuffin here. It's whoever the spy organization or spy is that holds this power or device. They. Uh, they control the world. They're the most powerful person on earth. And then Gal Gadot is fighting other people in order, I assume, to get the device. 
It's sort of like a very basic plot that's done before. However, it looks like it's well done. It's got Gal Gadot in it. Uh, the directing looks good. The cinematography looks good. It's got the guy from Army of Thieves. I couldn't help thinking this movie might only exist because Zack Snyder is friends with these people and he works with Netflix. Uh, so not because of Zack Snyder, but because of this movie on its own. This, to me, is the definition of a Netflix and hug. Netflix and hug. Guns, explosions, violence, Gal Gadot, I'm all in. Hug. Hug. Final trailer. The Changeling, I believe is a series. Unclear. But it's a, it's another sort of prestige project on Apple TV where a young man falls in love with a woman and she goes away to another country and then when she comes back she reveals to him that she had met an old witch and the witch put a bracelet on her and when it comes off then her three wishes will come true he cuts the bracelet off they get married and then crazy stuff starts happening now here's the thing we want to talk about excellent execution the production of this series movie whatever looks phenomenal the directing looks great the cinematography looks crisp uh the acting looks really good the the main actor the stanfield keith it, i believe that's his name i might have transposed some of the order of the syllables i apologize if i did he's a great actor and he looks like he's really good in this role uh the thing is i don't know i'm just not big with like witchcraft type shows and movies so my objection here is completely the content. This could be a phenomenal show. It could. And if it's that good and other people watch it, I may come back around and watch it. But as is, all of the execution being superior does not make the content appealing to me. It's just not my preference. So it's sort of a indifferent tackle where I... I don't have anything against this. I, it's just not something I, I would be interested in. Tackle. I I think this is going to be very interesting. So this is some one that I'm going to give a give it a chance. I think all the reasons you listed. Um, I don't have a problem with the witchcraft. I can I can shut my brain off for that. Uh, it, the, the acting really drew me in. I think is the only thing I would add on top of what you said. So yeah, this is uh, an Apple TV and hug for me. Netflix and hug. All right, William, that brings us to the end of this trip. What did we learn? Walgreens is racist. What did you learn this trip? Uh, I learned that apparently there's a hellmouth at every Walgreens. That's the only possible explanation <laughs> for what's going on. Uh, How's that for a Buffy. deep pull? Yeah, we need Buffy so bad in this culture. All right, I want to thank everybody for listening. If it wasn't for you, this would just be me in the corner of my closet talking like a crazy person still is that you just make me feel a little bit less crazy if you want to support us you can go to the midside.com slash store pick up some merch the midside.com slash the cut uh the midside.com slash patreon or locals that's how you support us patrons per episode locals is per month that's how we keep the lights on in fact the hosting bill is due this month so i appreciate any and all support to pay the hosting bill and as always, the number one way to grow the show is to tell 
a female friend. This concludes your journey into the midside. I'm Justin Emlesneski reminding you that if things get tough, take a step back and witness the farce. Have a CBS free day. I was going to say this earlier, but what if all of the stories about Walgreens is just a negative can- uh, negative PR campaign by CVS? <laughs> oh, no. Their social media is winning, winning the war, the drug war.